0: Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41 On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him?
1: We were telling the story about the group who was sailing from Capernaum to the Gadarenes. Jesus told them to go across the lake. As you recall, this group, of 12 disciples, all called by Jesus, they had one thing in common. They were all called by Jesus. Did they all get along? From what we know of their conversation, whenever they would get along, there was one thing they would always discuss, and what was that? Who was the Biggest. greatest? Did they get along? If they're discussing who's the greatest, they're probably not all agreeing who's the the greatest. And so, likely the fishermen were trying to prove a little something as they were sailing. And we also know that Jesus had three favorites. Who were those? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were his inner circle. He had, actually, Jesus had some favorites which tells us something interesting about him that some of us really don't like. We all want to be the favorite. But Jesus gets to choose who he prefers to spend time with, and so do you, and so do other people. And Jesus doesn't apologize to the others that he didn't choose them to be in his inner circle. Probably some reasons he chose Peter, James, and John, what would have been some reasons that he would have chosen them? That he wanted them near him. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells everyone to wait, and then he tells, wait here and pray. Then he takes those three with him a little farther and tells those three to wait here and pray, and he goes a little bit further. Why would he want these three closer to him than the others? Some characteristics that they might have. Yes maybe they were more faithful maybe there was something in their character more obedient more faithful more passionate james and john wanted to call fire down from heaven i mean they were right they were out of line but jesus and he rebuked them for trying to call down fire on people he wasn't angry with but he loved them because they there was something about their love for him perhaps we know john had a special love for him He was right there next to him at the Last Supper. And Peter says, John, ask him who's going to betray him. There was a special relationship. It's okay that that some people have special relationships. I believe now that Jesus has the capacity to have an infinite number of relationships with all of us. And we all have the opportunity to be his intimate friends. We all have the opportunity. Probably still has some favorites. Probably still likes people who have faith, who trust him, who spend time with him. The trip over was difficult. I wonder if you can think of a reason why his favorites, Peter, James, and John, who were fishermen, Jesus would ask them to sail him across the Sea of Galilee, and they would get into a storm. Because I would imagine that all, all of the fishermen were very proud to be sailing, and he got them into a storm. He got them into a mess so much so that it's unlikely that they were very popular with the other disciples. It's very common that we want to impress other people with our skills. It's natural. Why would it be that Jesus would take someone who believed they had the skills to do something and allow them to fail. Any ideas? That's how we learn. And what would we learn? What do you learn when you think you got it and you're not able to actually do it? Humility. Wow, wow. It's not a very valued character quality today. Not on the TV, not on the movies, not with most of the people you know. Humility. And humility, we know, is the only way to have true joy. Because if you're proud, the next time somebody doesn't choose you, or the next time something happens and you're not able to do it, you you just go to pieces. But if you're humble, you can say, you know, I made a mistake. I I thought I had that, but I, I didn't. There is a reason that neurosurgery training is seven years long. Seven years of almost daily surgery, even on the weekends, you're doing operations all the time in the day, in the night. And the reason is because when we come in, we would say, I got this. Your first year, I can tell you my first year, I was, oh yeah, I got it. How hard is it to take a tumor out of the brain? Just show me where the saw is. I'll take the bone off. Let's get this thing out. I don't see any problem with this. Seven years to learn what I don't know I don't know the things that you don't know that you don't know, the problems that you can have when you take a tumor out of the brain, it takes a long time to experience or to hear about all of the things that can go wrong. See, in our pride, we often just don't have all the information. And pride's not good for us at all. I want to pause there because this is a point that I believe God wants us to think about. In your life, has there been such a drive to say, I got this, that essentially you're saying, God, I have this, whether you help me or not. I am so good as a brain surgeon, as a whatever, construction worker, auto mechanic, cook, whatever it is that you do, we all get this pride about us, and we can't wait to the day we can say, I got it. It's called independence. How does God view independence? Well, he likes us actually to be dependent. Independence is what Satan wanted. I want to be the number one guy. I want to make all the decisions. I I don't want to be dependent on you. I don't want to be the best supporting actor. I want to be the top guy. Let's just take a moment now and prayerfully consider, is there an area of your life that you have insisted, I've got this, I can do this with my Hands tied behind my back. I can do this blindfolded. Let's take a moment to see what God says and let's actually confess to Him. Father, forgive me for wanting independence, to wanting to be so good for people to say, You're the man. You're our hero. I mean, I was on a, a, a wrestling team, I, I was the guy who you could always count on to win. I loved that position until I lost but I loved being good. But it also puts such pressure on you. You start having this God-like status that you are actually so afraid you're going to fail and the anxiety starts to get to you. And I wonder if some of the anxiety that gets to us is trying to pretend that we've got it just on our own. So just like these fishermen had to learn a lesson that they thought they could sail everyone across really on their own. And they learned Jesus had to teach them a very important lesson. They actually needed some help. He would have loved it if they would have prayed. He would have loved it if they wouldn't have got so angry and excited. But he probably also was trying to teach them ultimately, it's good for you to be dependent always on me. So let's, let's spend some, a moment in prayer. I'll give you a minute right now to pray.